0: Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor, allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app. That's A N C H O R or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And uh, inviting students to speak on issues that they are passionate about. So, a lot has gone down in uh, the United States. We have just completed, uh, well, uh, sort of completed uh, the election, the 2020 election. Joe Biden has been named president-elect of the United States um, and will remain president of the United States if these legal issues do not hold up. Uh, The Supreme Court, here's a a case on the Affordable Care Act today and more about that uh, on this episode of Inside the 435. So um, first, I would just like to talk a little bit about... um, this podcast. So this podcast is a podcast that's going to be ho- hosted with Anchor.fm, um, the sponsor of this episode. Um, and most episodes, I like to have a guest, and I'll talk to guests. And um, the, in these guests, we will talk about politics, the latest news, um, and their whatever they would like to talk about, issues that are important to them. Because that's the entire uh, point of this podcast. It's to uh, inform people, it's to get people excited about politics, and it's to get people to uh, get people passionate about issues and get them to talk about the issues that they care about. So, uh, so far, um, the election has been considered over by the by the media. Um, uh, legal action has been taken, but uh, we'll start at the beginning. Joe Biden, uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr., has been named president-elect of the United States, and he will become the forty-sixth president of the United States. Uh, he has taken Pennsylvania. And is currently sitting at around 290, I believe, electoral votes. He, is, we are still waiting on results from North Carolina and um, from Georgia. Those races haven't been called. North Carolina likely to go for Trump, and Georgia likely to go for Biden. Biden is likely to finish at 306 electoral votes. Uh, the electoral college, the electors will be selected, and the electoral college will meet uh, in person or. Uh, If something happens, it will be virtual, I guess. Um, I guess nobody really knows. But the Electoral College will meet in on, uh, I think it's December 17th, uh, to cast their vote for the President of the United States. Joe Biden projected to win. Now, there's been a lot of legal action taken. The Trump administration has um, alleged voter fraud has has occurred uh, in the election. Now, uh, evidence of voter fraud um, in terms of the court there is none. Um, There's been no evidence of voter fraud other than uh, suspicious circumstances. Now, uh, when it comes to any evidence of voter fraud that is being um, named by Trump supporters um, and Republicans alike, um, there is some evidence of uh, small scale voter fraud. Now, this small scale voter fraud is not enough to uh, affect this election. Uh Biden's winning in every state he needs to by over 2000 votes. And if you um, take any two states away from Joe Biden, he will still remain president elect of the United States. So basically what we're looking at right now is what this legal, how this legal action will change the electoral count and how it will um, undermine the integrity of the United States election. Um, so uh, attorney general William Barrs ordered an investigation to investigate uh, 2020 election voter fraud claims from the Republican party and president trump the trump administration and uh after that that led um the justice department's top prosecutor for election crimes uh richard pilger to resign so he resigned and uh is going to remain on the justice department but will no longer be the prosecutor for election crimes um now this can be uh you could Assume that this is because of the things that have gone down in the election, of course. Uh, You can assume that this is because he disagrees with these voter fraud claims being pushed by Attorney General William Barr. But really, nobody knows. Um, I'm sure more information will come out. And actually, I wrote my report for this episode a few hours ago. So something could have changed. So don't necessarily take my word um, for that. Uh, Speaking of legal action, um, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell... Uh, Claims that Trump is within his rights to turn to law. Now, if we're talking about whether Trump is within his rights, obviously, even me who disagrees uh, with these voter fraud claims and disagrees uh, with the whole idea of continuing to allege voter fraud, undermining the integrity of the election, and creating doubt in the minds of um, Americans, um, I think it's wrong. Is he within his constitutional rights? I mean, if you've done any study on constitutional law whatsoever, then you will say that, yes, uh, President Trump is within his right to um, allege whatever he wants, and he's within his right to request these recounts. And I do not have a problem with that at all. Um, That is 100% constitutional, and it's actually – recounts, this isn't something crazy. Um, Recounts are very um, normal, very routine. They happen – very very often in elections that with with states that are very close and it really is just a smart choice to do um if you believe that something could have happened in the election and you believe that um the vote should be recounted just uh to secure um the vote then you are more than welcome to do that so i have no problem with uh president trump's actions when it comes to requesting these recounts now when it comes to the trump administration uh, refusing to concede, again, also within his rights, and I don't actually have a problem with that either. The, the biggest problem um, for me is uh, the extreme level at which these claims are being pursued, and, um, and it, it's just a very extreme situation. I mean the Trump administration is suggesting that there is widespread voter fraud, and what they're basically suggesting is that every single poll worker in every single state, red or blue, is lying about, um, this election security. And that's just not true. And even them saying that these recounts and that this election, um, was decided based on voter fraud. That's also extremely untrue. There's no possible way that, um, voter fraud won Biden this election. I would be extremely, extremely, extremely surprised if voter fraud won Biden a state. And I would be still very surprised if voter fraud won Biden a county. It's, it's just extremely unlikely. Um, and there's no evidence to suggest it. Now, Trump supporters are refusing to give up. Trump supporters saying it's not over till it's over. Um, and and the, the one thing I have to say to the it's not over till it's over claims is that, that it really is over. This election is over. Biden has won. Now, when you're saying it's it's not over, the election hasn't been decided. Yes, it's it's not decided until the Electoral College meets on the 17th of December. But when you're looking at the odds by um, um, Biden's favored in just under 100 out of 100 times that this election is uh, simulated at this point, there's no mathematical or statistical way that Donald Trump wins this election. Now what would need to be proved in court now? So making these claims and proving them in court are two separate things. What would need to be proved in court is that, uh, voter fraud number one occurred and number two affected the outcome of the election and not only do they need to claim that it happened and show that it could have happened they need proof that it did happen and the Trump administration does not have that proof nobody has that proof because that proof's not out there um, and there really is no evidence and there really is just really nothing to suggest that there's widespread voter fraud there's nothing to suggest that it affected the outcome of the election Um, so if you are in the, uh, chat, please, um, I know we have three viewers right now and you, most of my viewers aren't live. Most of them come from the upload later, but if you are in the chat and you have questions or you would like to make a comment, please chat and I can see it and respond. Um, so yeah, that is where we're at now. Senate Democrats are, um, uh, claiming that Senate Republicans have been asking them to congratulate president elect Biden, um, Privately, because they cannot do it publicly, Um, this is being reported. Whether it's true or not, obviously it's hearsay because of the it's coming from Senate Democrats. I would believe that it's true. I would believe, and it's it's reasonable too that Senate Republicans will be congratulating the new president-elect of the United States, whether they like him or not. And it's important to note that President Trump does not have the support of the Republican Party at this time. The Republican Party is not on his side. Obviously, the Republican Party is going to stick with Trump, but they're not going to give him that support in saying that he should not have lost this election, because that's just not true. Um, Trump lost his election, and he should have lost this election. There's nothing to suggest that he didn't lose this election. So that's what's happened in the election. Um, I mean, if you would like my input, I will say that I will say that at this point, there's no way that um, Joe Biden does not win this election. It just doesn't make sense mathematically. It doesn't make sense politically or statistically. There's no way that Joe Biden will or that Joe Biden will actually lose this election, that President Trump will be able to make a comeback despite legal challenges, despite recounts, just anything. We've never seen recounts on the scale that um, the Trump administration is uh, alleging. Uh, could affect the outcome of the election. We've never seen recounts at this level. We've also never seen legal challenges um, and voter fraud at this level either. So another thing that needs to be considered is if uh, Democrats have the ability to commit this major voter fraud plan, then how come they're losing the Senate? How come they uh, are not only going to gain maybe one, maybe zero Senate seats? Um, Because if they can do it, and also why aren't we questioning the validity of the Senate votes and the House votes and um, all the other votes, they're all in the same ballot. Uh, so how come we aren't questioning the validity of those? It seems like if we're questioning the validity of the presidential election, then Senate Democrats w- or Senate Democrats would be trying to win the Senate. Senate uh, Democrats would be trying to win the House or to grow their lead in the House, which they obviously didn't do. They lost uh, many seats in the House. So to claim that Senate or that I, I keep saying Senate Democrats, to claim that Democrats are trying to win this presidency without winning the Senate is baseless, pointless, and unreasonable because, um, I mean, I'm a Democrat, and I believe that if we were trying to rig this election, which did not happen, um, then we would take the Senate. It just makes sense because things don't go well when you have an executive branch that is Democratic and a Senate that is Republican. Now, Biden has that relationship with the Senate Republicans. So I think that he will have a strong presidency, and I think he will get things done during his term. Um, and I say term because he's not going to run for a second term, at least at this moment. Kamala Harris will be the incumbent runner in 2024, and that is just uh, what I think is going to happen. Uh, I just got an email from official Trump polling. Are you busy? This will only take a minute. At the moment, I'm busy. Um, yeah, so he Biden actually does have support. Of uh, Senate Republicans, and that's going to help him during his uh, time, especially with uh, Democrats not controlling the Senate. So, the second big thing that happened today is the Supreme Court heard a uh, case on the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Uh, so, with a six to three conservative majority, people were worried; Democrats were worried about the uh, Affordable Care Act being repealed, and that is why there was such a struggle. And um, Senate Judiciary Committee had no votes from all the Democrats. Um, and that pretty much the entire confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett was based off of, uh, the Affordable Care Act. So with the 6-3 conservative majority, things were not looking good for the Democrats, but after the hearing today, um, Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh, both conservative, uh, have signaled that it, um, and it was looking like it is unlikely that we will see Obamacare being repealed even with Amy Coney Barrett um, now being a justice in the Supreme Court. And all, all eyes were really on her because she would make the difference. With a 6-3 conservative majority, um, then uh, it would, let's just say that uh, Chief Justice Robinson, Justice Kavanaugh, ended up voting um, not to repeal the act. Um, that would bring it to a uh five to four in favor of not repealing it. So if if uh you can get Roberts and Kavanaugh on your side, then things are very definitely looking good for the Democrats um and for Obamacare. Uh and more information we'll probably have on that tomorrow. Um so third, uh the Senate is up for grabs right now. There are four seats remaining. The current uh count is forty eight to forty eight. Um so Georgia is the big state we're looking at, but so yeah, the Senate majority rests in the hands of two Georgia runoff races set to take place on January 5th. So currently it's at 48-48. Uh, Tom Tillis is uh, likely to beat Cal Cunningham, which would bring it to 49-48 conservative majority in the Senate. Uh, Dan Sullivan is likely to beat Al Gross, which would uh, bring it to a 50-48 to 48, uh, conservative majority in the Senate. Now, these Georgia runoffs are between David Perdue and John Ossoff uh, and... Um, it looks like, hold on. John Ossoff is uh, uh, the Democrat in this case. Um, I had something written down wrong. Yeah, so our current Georgia runoff races are between uh, yeah. uh, David Perdue and John Ossoff. David Perdue is the Republican. He is projected to win. And then, so that would bring it to a 51 to 48 conservative majority in the Senate. Yes. And then uh, the second runoff race is uh, Raphael Warnock. The Democrat is projected to beat uh, Kelly Loeffler. Republican, which would bring it to a final 41 or 51 to 49 conservative majority. Um, but Georgia is a red state and there is obviously that chance, uh, the, you know, that Kelly Loeffler will beat Raphael Warnock, which would bring it to a 52, 48. So, uh, Senate Republican there in the, in the Senate Republicans are going to either, uh, net lose one seat or net lose two seats. Uh, at this point, we don't know. Uh, for me, it's looking like they're going to set, uh, Uh, Net lose two seats. I would say that Kelly Loeffler is going to beat Raphael Warnock. But we will see. These runoff races are set to take place January 5th. So, at this point, really all that's up to talk about is uh, this election. And what I do want to talk about is the Biden administration. I'm going to talk about the Biden administration a lot more uh, with Ali Sadiq when we talk on, I believe, Sunday. I think Sunday. Um, We're going to talk a lot about the Biden administration, but what the Biden administration is essentially going to look like his first priority is going to be getting this coronavirus um, under control. Now, if uh, most of the people who watch this are from Ohio, I'm from Ohio. So I know that we are having spikes in the coronavirus now. um, uh, Governor Mike DeWine is set to make a uh, talk tonight and the odds of us going into a lockdown. He said it wouldn't happen, but. Um, I wouldn't consider that uh, out of the realm of possibility quite yet. Uh, another lockdown, I think possibly starting you know now up until January or starting you know, later and up until you know, February or March, is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Sorry. So if we do see another lockdown come into effect, uh, there's gonna be much more defiance, much more dissent than there was the first time. Um, and I would not be surprised if we saw schools get shut down. Now, when it's coming to the coronavirus, schools are not the biggest transmitters of the disease. Things are or of the virus. things are actually not that bad in schools. Um, so what what we think is happening, um, we really don't know where the transmissions occurring. Um it could be occurring in sporting events, it could be occurring at um, um, at offices, you know, at at people's jobs. So there needs to be more studies and we need to figure out where it's coming. Now, some good news. I think the first good news I'm about to talk about today is that Pfizer has announced, um, 90% efficiency in their, uh, vaccine for the coronavirus. Now, just to give you, uh, some information on how good 90% sounds, uh, 50% is what is required for it to be, um, nationally administered. So once this vaccine is completed and at this point, it sounds like it is ready for, um, I mean, these clinical trials trials are being very successful. Um, We we are looking at a possible vaccine I'd say in the coming months. So that's very good news. This it's, it's going to be administered probably to nursing homes and to hospitals first. um, And then to people who are uh, um, medically fragile and then finally to general public, I think. So, you know, we don't know what, that's, what that uh, is going to look like quite yet. But yeah, that is some good news. So uh, we're up to four people, which I actually have never had four people on a live podcast episode before. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, please interact in the chat because, you know, I know I have people who might have questions. Um, and then I had some people give me questions, so I might answer some of these. Okay, so um So what what do you think the effect on of Amy Coney Barrett's going to be on the future of the United States? And I really don't I'll answer this question. I really don't think she's going to have that much of an effect. I'm really not worried about Amy Coney Barrett. I was upset about I was not happy with her um um her nomination at all. I was not happy with her confirmation. Um, and really that was all because of timing. Uh, I, and, and I think she's she's not qualified. She's only been a circuit judge for a few years. She's only tried, she's never tried a criminal case. She's only tried a handful of civil cases. I don't think she's qualified. And I don't think the timing was right during an election year. You know, and we have Biden who now won. So no, I do not think the timing was right, appropriate. It, it should not have happened. So I am upset about her confirmation. I don't think she's conservative enough to do the things that people are worried about. People are worried about losing their right uh, to woman's choice. I don't think we're going to see a Roe v. Wade overturned because of Amy Coney Barrett. Keep in mind, they already had a 5-4 conservative majority. And 5-4 is all you need to to make a ruling on on, on a case. So really, we're not losing anything, I don't think. I I really don't think we're losing anything. So I I, I don't know what people are so worried about. I don't think she's conservative enough to outlaw gay marriage, um, LGBTQ rights. I really don't think she's conservative enough to do those things. Keep in mind, already a 5-4 conservative majority before the unfortunate passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So that's a good question. Um, Okay, so here's a good question. If I want to get into politics and become educated in politics, uh, what classes should I be taking? Okay, so... Politics really isn't about the classes you take. The person who got me most interested in politics was a teacher. Um, Mr. Baddock got me interested in politics. I used to talk to him a lot. Um, And he was my American history teacher in eighth grade. Um, If you ever see this, thank you, Mr. Baddock. You're great. Um, And, you know, my favorite class this year is my honors government class. I have a great teacher there. And, you know, I just enjoy it. How I really got into politics I can't even answer that question because I don't know. I just like, um, you know, started to w- just start to watch the news um, and watching the news is, is really tough. So if you're going to watch the news, you need to read the news, you know, go online every day, just look up what's happened. And if you don't understand something, so like, you know, if the uh, trial or the uh, case heard today by the Supreme Court on Obamacare, if you didn't understand, you know, something, look up what's happening there and then get educated on it. If they're talking about, you know, our wars with the Middle East or a trade war with China, um, you know, go online and get educated about that. So that's what I did, and that's how I've, you know, gotten to a point where I feel comfortable making a podcast about politics. Um, and it could take a while before you get to a point where you're comfortable making a having a conversation about politics. Uh, do you think the courts will be stacked if the Dems get Congress majority? Okay, so this is a really good question because it's a scary thought. Um, packing the courts is a Democrat opinion, and I'm worried about that because here's what happens. We pack the courts, it's not going to be like the Republicans are like, oh, we, uh, we lost the court. No, if we pack the courts with Biden and pr- as president, we're not, you know, even with Congress majority, the Republicans are going to do it when they get the chance. They're gonna, And then we're going to get to a point where the Supreme Court is packed and has no power. The nine justices is more than enough. It's the highest that our Supreme Court's ever been at. It's been lower. It's been five, six, seven, um, eight, but it's never been higher than nine. And I think nine is more than enough. I think nine is, is what we need. And no, now, the you, question is not, you know, what do I think about packing the courts? But the question is, do you think the courts will be packed? I don't think so. I don't think Biden's extreme enough to actually go through with that. Um, yeah, but thanks for asking questions because um yeah, the questions are good. Yeah, packing the courts is a scary thought, in my opinion. I don't think it's good to pack the courts. But yeah, as I was saying about, you know, getting into politics, yeah, just really start to get educated on everything on everything you can, just read everything you can. I mean, I've got books sitting here next to me that have gotten me, you know, educated in politics, some of my f- favorite books, okay. Uh and history, a people's history of the United States is an excellent book. It is one of the, I think one of the best books of all time. Uh, you can, you should get interested, you know, educated on the legal system. Obviously you under need to understand like constitutional law, just things that, you know, will just anything you can learn. You, you really want have to, you know, have a w- will to learn. If you want to get into politics because politics is extremely confusing. There's a lot that goes on and there's a lot, um, that happens on a daily basis and politics is never going away. You know, we're always going to need politicians. We're always going to need lawyers. So, um, yeah, you're going to want to take classes on, uh, you know, world history, American history, American government law, just, pr- and, and if you, and if you're not going to f- really go de- that deep into it, but you just want to know about politics, be educated enough to have a conversation and you're not actually interested in going into politics for a career. Just read everything you can and watch everything you can, but be careful what you watch because you know what we've seen is people who want to, who start trying to get into politics, you know when they're in middle school or high school, and then they kind of dedicate themselves to Fox News. And I'm not just calling out Republicans here. They dedicate themselves to CNN or MSNBC. and then we get to a point where you don't know what you're talking about and all you're talking about is you're all you're doing is echoing CNN, Fox or MSNBC. So really watch everything and read everything you can is what I would recommend. And also watch my podcast because that's kind of why I do it. Um, and kind of uh, ask questions and yeah. Um, Joe Biden's effects on gun control. So Joe Biden's not actually, and this this is something people don't know. Uh, he's not pro or he's not anti gun. He he really isn't. He's not anti gun at all. He actually doesn't have a problem with people owning guns. He thinks people should get, own guns, and he's a he's a defender of the First Amendment. What needs to happen is gun control, which is not taking people's guns. Do I agree that Fox is becoming more democratic? This is something people are debating a lot, but let me finish for a second here. Um, so he, I, I think a gun buyback program is probably the best choice for him. Um, but no, I do not think he's extreme enough to actually start taking guns. And I think that's just an overused term. You know, he's going to take our guns. Uh, do you agree that Fox is becoming more democratic? Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. This has been talked about a lot, mostly through the election. Fox, I won't say they're becoming more democratic. This is going to be a controversial opinion. Fox is becoming more bipartisan and intelligent. They're, they're becoming more real. All right. Fox has never been a good news source, especially if you're a conservative, because you're just going to echo what they say, and they're going to echo what you believe. Fox is becoming more real during this election and what they've been doing is they've been saying things like this election is over. Trump needs to concede. This election is not in the hands of Trump. And they've been calling, they have called States a little early for Democrats, which, you know, Mm -hmm. could lead to your point saying that Fox is becoming more democratic. Um, but no, I think they're becoming more, um, I think it's just during this election, they're becoming more democratic, meaning they're becoming more you know, in favor of our democratic system in the U.S. I um, S I wouldn't say they're becoming leaning more towards the democratic party necessarily. Now they might be leaning more. They might start be starting to agree more with the democratic party and trying to get more into that by um, into that uh, you know, bipartisan uh, reporting, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think they have Uh hello. Thank you for joining. Um, hope you're having a great day. Yeah, so, you know, Fox becoming more democratic. I don't necessarily think they're becoming more democratic. I just think that they're becoming more um, more real and more, um, more in line with U.S. politics than Republican politics. And I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to become more of a, a bipartisan reporting. And if you want bipartisan reporting, you're going to need to go somewhere other than Fox, CNN, MSNBC, uh, NBC. So... Another thing that people have been talking about is how real clear politics has, and I'm going to put this in, you know, in quotes, uncalled Pennsylvania for Joe Biden. Uh, this is not true. If you look at their map, Pennsylvania is not called for Joe Biden. So if somebody says real clear politics has uncalled uh, Pennsylvania, you might go, oh, let me look that up. You see that, yes, that is not called in real clear real clear politics. And you'll go, okay, they're right. No, actually, that's not how it works. They never called Pennsylvania ever. So if you see that, that's actually fake. That's not uh, correct. There's no fact behind that. They never called Pennsylvania. They are much more conservative when it comes to calling. And by conservative, I don't mean uh, Republican or leaning towards the conservative party. I mean conservative uh, in terms of the word conservative, meaning uh, less likely and more um, cautious. So yeah, they're more cautious when it comes to calling. So they did not call Pennsylvania. They did not uncall it for Joe Biden. That just didn't happen. Um, so yeah, if you have any more questions, uh, please let me know. If not, then this uh, episode's coming to an end. Um, I'll just make sure I have nothing else to talk about. Um, but yeah, this could probably go on for a few more hours if you had questions. Um, but yeah, tomorrow I'm going to talk more and probably there'll be more that has happened. Um, But yeah, we'll see. I didn't have much time to prepare for this episode. I really didn't. I kind of just kind of started in the middle of my study hall today. I just started to write down notes, and then I got home, planned out my podcast, went to dinner. So, yeah, I was not really ready, but I think it went fine. This is only episode number one. All right, here's a question. Uh, Would you say that Trump did a good job making America safer and helping get jobs, or did he hurt the citizens of America? All right, this... Is what I've been meaning to say, and I haven't really said it in an episode yet. If you support President Donald Trump, I have no problem with that as long as you have a reason. If you support President Donald Trump, there's most likely a reason. All right, that means you are uh you make money and you support his tax plan. That means you work in a certain industry and you support his job plan. And you know, you're you're proud of the things he's done for the economy, and you think, you know, our military's gotten stronger with President Trump. I have no problem with that. When you get to a point where you're saying that you support Donald Trump as a person, that's where that's a problem. Donald Trump, in my opinion, is a a very terrible person. Um, He's he's said some terrible things in the past about women, about uh, people of color, about our military, and just I do not think he's a very good person at all. Supporting President Trump, I have no problem with that. If you support him as a politician, that's that's a matter of policy. Once Trump's out of office, if you say you'd like him now, then that's I still have a, that's a problem. If you say you liked President Trump or you like Trump's policies, if it's a matter of policy, I don't care. So we'll go to the question, would you say Trump did a good job making Americans safer? I don't know. I really don't know about the safe part of it. That could mean a lot of things. Safe from foreign people, safe from um, like border protection safe from each other. He didn't make us safe from each other. He he did he loved to incite um anger in people. He loved like that drama. Um that's why during the um and it also benefited his campaign, like rioting during um the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, when George Floyd was killed, that rioting benefited his um his campaign a lot, I think. Because he was able to say, look at the left, look what they're you know doing. So maybe jobs. He definitely helped get jobs. Um, Now he inherited a lot of his economy from Obama and, you know, over about a year, he didn't really do anything. He did maintain that economy. And, you know, we do have to credit him with getting to the, um, you know, our highest ever, um, you know, job level, you know, amount of jobs, our highest. Um, Yeah. Also, some more good news as of, uh, as of Pfizer announcing their 90% efficiency, the Dow Jones industrial average and the SP 500 had reached an all-time high in the stock market which is uh, very good news for the economy. I wouldn't say he necessarily hurt the citizens of America with his like jobs or his economy. Should a person that can't vote still have political opinion 100% because you're going to be voting eventually. I mean every Ameri- US citizen is going to be voting eventually you know with some restrictions I guess. Everyone's going to be voting eventually and you have a choice to vote. Everybody has a chance of going into politics or law, law enforcement, anything that, yes, I think political opinions are great, especially if they're moral political opinions, if they're not necessarily a matter of economic policy and they're a matter of moral policy. I mean, if you are like extremely pro-gay marriage. Like that, that's a political issue at this point, but it's a moral issue. If you are pro-abortion or not, nobody's pro-abortion. I'm sorry that came out wrong. If you are pro-choice or pro-life, all right, that is a political issue, whether it should be or not. That's a whole separate topic, but that's a moral issue. And if you have those moral issues and that you're passionate about, you should definitely have political opinions and express those opinions and educate yourself because that, those could benefit you in the future. Good. Yeah. Do you think schools and business will close down soon in Ohio? I don't want to say yes, but I'm going to have to say that, you know, do I, do I think that? Yeah. I think that schools and businesses will not all businesses, essential businesses are never going to close down schools. I wouldn't see. I definitely see a scenario where schools close down in the next few months, if not the next few weeks. Um, I don't know what DeWine said and I don't know when he talked. I think it was at seven, but I didn't listen. Um, so do I think schools and businesses will close down soon? I think schools will, uh, even though um, studies have shown that that's not the cause of um, uh, transmission. I think that definitely schools will close because that's just kind of the, the route that many states have been taking. And yeah, another a follow-up question, do I think schools will stay hybrid? Um, no, I don't think they're going to force all schools to go to a hybrid model. That's kind of up to the school how they want to do it. Um, The state says you can be open or you cannot be. And um, the schools decide how they want to approach that. So I think some schools that, you know, like I know Perrysburg junior high school just opened up. Um, a lot of schools just opened up for four days a week and, you know, from their hybrid to four days a week. And I think that that could change and they go back to a hybrid, but that'll be purely a school issue, not a state issue. Um, but yeah, so, Basically, with this podcast, it's usually going to last me, you know, between thirty to forty-five minutes if I'm on my own, and if I'm with somebody, it could last from an hour to three hours. I mean, I've had podcast episodes that just keep going. Do I like the hybrid idea? I'm gonna say no. The whole cohort cohorts of students. There's no evidence that it's really working compared to four days a week. There's no study. There's no conclusive study that has said it is better to go hybrid than four days a week with all students in the building at the same time. And it's really just a pain for students and. Parents, so no, I, I don't like the hybrid schedule. You know, and that's not really—I didn't really mention me not liking it as a student, but yeah, I don't like it either. So yeah, they'll usually last between 30 to 45 minutes. We're at 35 minutes right now. Thanks for showing up. Um, this was really good. A lot of good questions. And if I have a guest, it could last very long. I've had episodes that have lasted three hours, and I've had to cut them down because you know nobody's going to listen to that. So yeah, if you were here and you stayed the whole time, thank you. If you just stopped by and, and if you asked a question, thank you um subscribe to inside the 435 on youtube so that you never uh, miss another live update and this uh video should be up on youtube within um just a little bit so yeah thank you for watching um thank thank you to our sponsor anchor.fm and uh this has been the first episode of inside the 435 with Jack Bowie have a good afternoon have a